Welcome to Ngahire Talks, the show where we talk about, nah, we don't even know yet. We're just trying to figure it out, but come along for the journey. This is season one, the pre-season. Oh, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Ngahere Talks. I have lost track of which episode this is, but I'm real excited about today because I have one of my long-standing good friends, I would say a good friend to me, and a, a counsellor and a wise advisor and a cheeky little mofo, Lily Alemalu. <laughs> welcome to the show, Lily. Kia ora, kia ora. It's so good to have you here today. Oh, um, yeah. Good to we, be here. Um, We've known each other for quite a few years. Oh, I don't know, what, like 15 years or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Um, But why don't you just real quickly before we crack into it, just introduce yourself. Maybe do your Samoan pepeha. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, the Samoans will be disgusted <laughs> with that. I think my Māori's probably a little bit better, much to the disgust of my mum. But yeah. um, Where are you from? Where do you live yeah, and what's yeah, your job? So born, and, born and bred in New Zealand. And um, good old Tamaki Makoto. Uh, I grew up out at Mangere, living there now. So back in my hometown, went to MC, MC. What? That was when we used to have a few park years dotted around, but <laughs> can't see any of those, the salts and only the peppers. Um, that, yeah, no, so I went to MC and then uh, just kind of worked locally for a while. Left school, just was school C. That's like NCEA for those that are a little bit young. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, just kind of changed my vocation probably about 15 years ago. Went from working in banking and finance and uh, instant finance <laughs> um, and then went to work for my church and did quite a, a few things. Had some kind of um, mid midlife crisis, kind of change of vocation. Went on a real spiritual journey, but um, I'm la- I've, where I've landed now is uh, I work in the community and I love it. And uh, what I bring is is probably a lot of my own life experience, my Fano experience, my my own childhood experience, and you mix it all in there and you make it all the things that you hated or you that really kind of broke you. You kind of yeah, you, you you make it better for somebody else, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're the manager of Life Community? That's Did right. I get that right? Yeah. So we, we run things like soup kitchens. So we're at five soup kitchens um, out at Henderson. We just opened one in Henderson just mid-year. And we're out at Papakura Marae, out at Otara, at Te Puki Otara. Uh, we're in Mangere by the Metro Theatre. And we're in Glenanus at Rua Putaka Marae. Yes, that's nice. where I was. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that's that's pretty. We have waiting lists of volunteers that want to come in. Yeah, volunteer. awesome. So um, we also run a project called Christmas Box, which is huge. This year we're doing twenty two thousand boxes just across New Zealand alone in eight locations, and man, that's a big project. But gosh, we, we deal with in New Zealand alone about four hundred organisations, so it's pretty mm. awesome. Yeah, cool. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more, I think, as the as it all goes on, but. Uh, before we get into it, like too hard out there, what's your uh, what's your favourite food? Uh, um, chicken potato chips. <laughs> Should I tell that story about that time you had a packet <laughs> of chicken potato chips? <laughs> and we were all hanging out and 
Someone decided it would be a good idea to steal her packet of chips. D-Chick Sawkai, if you are listening, shout out to you, bro. (laughs) Stole their potato chips off her and uh, they just got thrown around the group and she was running around with her arms flailing like, give me my chips back. And of course we were cracking up, taunting her till finally someone gave them back to her and they were all crushed inside the bag. (laughs) So instead of eating them, she just stormed over to the rubbish bin, slammed them in the bin. (laughs) And then stormed off. <laughs> yeah, I, unfortunately, I'm 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 kind of like really old, and I still eat like a twelve year old. So yeah, if you want to go hang out with Lil, you can <laughs> go get a soft serve and some hot chips or something like that, and that's that's her dinner. Yeah, I love cheap, it. I'm a cheap date, guys. I'm a cheap date. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's favorite food. What is your favorite? Are you binging any TV right now? Um. Million Dollar Listing New York, love that. Rookie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Just yeah. pretty clean stuff, don't like, you know, don't want it too X-rated if Your I'm good not. good wife, is good wife finished? Yeah, no, good wife's all gone. Suits, <laughs> did suits, done all of that, you know. Yeah. I, I don't like too many dirty things, you know. If I'm not doing it, I don't want to be watching other people doing <laughs> it, you know. Yeah, awesome, man. Um, and what do you like to do, like, in your downtime to just chill out, relax, rejuvenate? Oh, you just said that. I want to go binge. The dirty things. <laughs> no, I binge. I, lo- I love watching. I watch Netflix, but I think I need a bigger budget because, you know, only. Yeah. There's this great new um, 10 season, 10 episode season out on YouTube called Ngahere Weekly. You should binge that one. It's oh. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. I'll go. <laughs> Change your life, I promise you. I promise you. Um, so we met. Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah, I think you were under the car park. I don't know why I remember that. We were at a conference so or something. So we used to hang out, I suppose, eh? You were just, no, nah, because, you know. So I was at lunch at the conference. Yeah, and, and I think at that stage, all the parkers used to sit inside of me. <laughs> and we'd go sit in the car park. <laughs> and that's where I met you. And, yeah, yeah, you, you, you seemed really. Um, Amazing. You were just really polite. And then I realised that, you know, you're cheeky. Yeah, I am quite cheeky. I'm very cheeky. So that was how we met um, at one of our church conferences, yeah. and then we um, we it were like youth leaders at oh the same gosh, time as well. Yes. That was when you dub you were called Auntie Lily yeah, to yeah. many of the young people. Yeah, of both people South still and call Central me yeah. Auckland. People still call me that, Auntie Lily. I've I've kept that name. So yeah, and then she used to torment us when I was a student and an intern, and she was a staff member. <laughs> she used to crack the whip at us, <laughs> and then. Um, I ended up on staff and we were friends again. Yeah. Um, but Lily has been one of the people for a lot of my journey with that I've gone to when times mm. are tough or when I've had to make a big decision. She's mm. always been a real good bouncing, uh, what is it, bouncing board, something like that. Sounding board. Sounding board. Yeah. <laughs> Someone to bounce off. Um, so I re- really, really appreciate that. Um, I'm just trying to think of one more like hard case Hard case story. Have you got any? Oh, I just rem- I, I was trying to remember it. I remember um, I brought Manawa over to my parents' house, <laughs> and then within <laughs> minutes, me and my brother had this big argument. <laughs> and then we kind of we um, and then we had, it was my nephews and nieces. It was Vay and Tanil's birthday, so we were in the garage because that's what Islanders do. They eat in the having a mean barbecue <laughs> in the garage, and uh, Dad was, you know. And so, you know, my poor nephew's trying to thank us, and Dad's like, "And what about the God? You're gonna thank the God?" I remember <laughs> that, and I was like, "Okay, okay." We only stayed for a few more minutes, and then we left. So, 
short visit. So that's what I can remember. And you and Kitmana was like, oh, is that what you brought me over for, to have an argument with you? <laughs> <laughs> really appreciated that. It's entertaining. <laughs> family, eh? Them and family. So what would you say, Lou, that, um, like, you work in a position that's a tough job. You you try and tackle some of society's toughest problems through what you do. Um, you also have to carry the good and bad side of that being coming from a church perspective. Yeah. Um, what would you say actually drives you to do that? Um, as, as I was just mentioning before, it's about being an answer to people. You know, like you, you see some practical needs, but you realise that underneath just solving some practical needs that there's emotional, there's spiritual, there's historical stuff that's happening. And so just through, I mean, just through what we run, we do food things really well, like soup kitchen and Christmas box. You realise how much of a tool or or a bridge that is, just something so simple. And um, when you look at it, really, that's what we use in our own cultures. Wherever you are, food is definitely an opener. And so for us, it's food becomes a, a, a point of discussion, a point of connection. And um, when you hear people's stories, that's when you know, like, uh, yeah, this is why we do what we do, you know? Because, um, you know, people's, people, everyone has got a story, you know? Everyone's got a story. And some, some of them are just, they're mind-blowing that people are still here in front of you and still persevering. And, mm. yeah, so, I, I mean, th- those are your motivations. And also because I... I um, I'm, I've got a real heart for women and children. I, I'm also a board chair for a foster care agency called Immerse. And um, again, it's, it's about trying to get, you know, be an influence when they're young, you know, trying to be an influence with the young and trying to look at other solutions. Even though you're a foster care agency, you're always still trying to get the whanau together as well, you know, so. Mm. So I'd say, like, I, I find that when you want to work in this kind of sector I suppose you really have to know what like you have to know why you have to really have a purpose behind being in there to get you get you through for the long run I mean do you do you agree do you think it's important to know your calling or know your purpose oh absolutely well because that's the thing as you say that sustains you without without that you just give up Mm. I mean there have been many times that I'd be like what I left my well-paying job to come and do this kind of stuff Mm. And um, it's, you know, and actually um, people always say to me, oh, it must be so rewarding. And I'm quite confrontational by nature. And I say, that's not why I do it. I don't do it so that I feel better. That's, you know, like to some degree you you can't be doing it so you feel better. It's actually about being an answer. It's actually about serving the community. And um, if you you feel called out there, then, yeah, it it will just sustain you. I, I just am the answer that I needed. So when people, I didn't have anybody speaking on behalf of me, being my voice, you know, being an advocate for me, I'm that person now. So, mm. yeah. so from your like, from your godly perspective, what actually is a calling? It's something that's, that you kind of were born, you know, that you were born for. So mm. you find your, your design, I mean, heaps of people do things like Strength Finders, Myers-Briggs. Um, disc profiles and what I found is that how I'm designed it's it, it kind of is like such a great fit to where you mm-hmm. are to what you're called to your strengths are things that invigorate you that really just that you just know uh, actually I was 
born for this kind mm. of stuff. So, and the stuff where you just find it just comes easy. Yeah, it just comes easy. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you say like in like one or two sentences what your calling is? Well, I feel um, just as a result of my own childhood, I I still have. A real lean towards women and children. Mm. Um, I went and did a child protection diploma, diploma because I felt that really around child abuse. So even though, so I'm just seeing families that kind of have that, but um, the foster care agency immerse probably taps into that a little bit more. But I think that that's probably where I'm kind of heading now. I just think I just needed to fill up my kite with all of these things so that I become more enriched. To really be able to go forward, yeah. Yeah, you got to have the tools, eh? Mm. Can't just mm, run in mm. there with uh, no equipment, get eaten alive. That's awesome. And so now, I mean, it makes sense as to why you do what you do. And how long have you been um, managing Life Community for? Or uh, what was five Life years, just 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 over five years since about August two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. So you guys have, um, I think, you still have the big four. Yep. Yeah. So you touched on two of them: a eh? soup kitchen, Christmas, Christmas box. box. Um, we do. We are partnering with Christians Against Poverty. We've been doing them for about eight years, and we have cleared like oh, it would be now six million dollars worth of debt. Wow! From um, Auckland families. Yep, just from the families that we deal with. Wow! And um, debt free. I'd say that the numbers now in May they were just over two hundred. The numbers now is about 220. Last month, we got six families became debt-free. Amazing, eh? It, it's freeing for so many people. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And then the fourth one? Is red frogs. So red frogs is something that's more designed for millennials or Generation Z volunteers or teams. They just go out to festivals, to sporting events, to concerts, and just really care for people that are under influence of alcohol and drugs. Mm. Um Red frogs is it? People are just amazed about how these young people aren't out there getting drunk, getting wasted, doing all sorts of stuff. They're just there caring for you, and, and actually that really speaks volumes. So um, yeah, you know, especially when a group of girls go out and then one girl gets left behind, and you know, so you, everything is all about safety. It's become a real refuge in, in those kind of alcohol induced environments but no nah, red frogs is actually really cool so look out for the marquee the marquee's pretty big mm. red frogs yeah awesome all right we're going to take a little break but when we come back we're going to dig a little bit deeper into christmas box and this whole copapa behind it of restoring christmas what that means and how wow. it's actually trends are yeah, really really impacting families yeah. um so we're going to take a quick break we'll be back real soon looking for a cool space to work or a legit venue for your next event Everything you need is here at Te Hao Monaco. Located in the heart of Monaco City, a hop, skip and a jump from the Monaco bus and train station. We've got super fast Wi-Fi, coffee machine, great people and an awesome vibe. Book online at www.teha.nz. Let's go to Te Hao Monaco. Let's go. Mm. Alright, welcome back guys. So... Christmas box, Lily. Give us a little like, what's the what's the main catch cry for Christmas box, and what do you mean by restoring Christmas? Christmas box is bringing hope to the table. Um, we have a lot of families that are not seeing going to Christmas events because they got no food. So mm. you know, for them, it brings people out of isolation. People say, "Oh, I can now go to my sister's 
uh, Christmas for Christmas because I got some food, whereas they weren't really welcome, you know. So, again, it, we had scores of people last year say, we weren't going to have Christmas, but when we got the Christmas box, we are now going to have Christmas. And one of the things I keep saying to the major sponsors is, man, that's unfathomable that a box of food would actually have that much power over that. Um, mm. Why don't you share a couple of stories of like how, like what is this power? Well, we, we just had a, um, uh, so we get a few stories from a lot of the organisations and, and one of the organisations had a situation where one of their staff was, uh, was, was murdered last year and that really devastated everybody because they had a lot of kids around, you know, within that. And, um, and it was just amazing how things like that they're going to these families' homes and they're not going empty-handed, they're going with a Christmas box. And it may seem like a very shallow kind of solution, but again, it's just a door opener. It just opens up that you can then just sit there and, um, and just really talk about some of that hard stuff, you know. Mm. I went and delivered Christmas boxes with the police a couple of years ago and honestly, they, people wouldn't open up the door to them. So times have changed. Yeah. Um, people would talk to them through windows and so I'd be standing there with my Christmas box T-shirt and the box and I'd be like, hey, we've got a Christmas box for you and we had the saying with the police that, it turned their frown into a smile. Mm. It's again, now the police can actually go over to their homes and talk to them where it just becomes such a, you know, an open door for, for people like the police. Mm. That's pretty amazing, eh? When I, um, when I was working in Mount Roscoe, we distributed a few Christmas boxes to the families out there, which it still happens now, mm. which is awesome. Um, and we used to just see, I mean, you see everything from like ravenous kids just smashing <laughs> Smashing the yeah, food because like um, they're hungry. When a kid's not hungry, really, eh? Mm. Um, but then you saw, like, we would see things like in Mount Roscoe because it's such a diverse community. You would see things like, um, you know, Pacific Island boys carrying boxes to the car for Muslim women um, from mm. Africa and oh, stuff like awesome. that. And you would see how it could it just breaks down barriers in mm. lots of different ways that that you don't even. That you don't even know and a lot of like there are a lot of like former refugees and migrants in that community as well and they once they kind of caught wind of it they were flocking um to come and get some of that support so and it was it's as an organization it's such a cool feeling as well to have that kind of um i guess kind of resource but also a gift and something that's actually meaningful to people food is always meaningful to people especially yeah. if they don't um have have as much as they always need, eh? I think the key for us is with Christmas box is the relationships you have with organisations, and you know that they know because that's something that's a big question that a lot of our funders and sponsors say is who gets a box, mm. and that's why we do it through organisations because they know people they have a current need, but for us we just love the relationship and the dialogue. You see a real collaboration. You know, because that doesn't always happen in community. That we, we, we really make this like, hey, it's for everyone, but it's first and best dressed. But there's no rules, regardless, who, you know, if you're Muslim, if you're Christian, if you're this, or if you're that. There's no rules. There is, yeah. there is you know, it's, it's for all. Yeah. It's for all. That's awesome. So a Christmas box is essentially a box of food, right? Yeah, that caters to a family of four to six. Mm. 
and we do it based on a breakfast, lunch and dinner concept because we had to have some real nutritional value. So it's kind of... Not just a box of noodles, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, but, but we do things like noodles because yeah, yeah. not only can it be for lunch, but it actually makes the meals bigger, mm. do you know? So it's things to really make it, you know, like flour and all of that. So everything's been really well thought out, like, okay, they can do this for breakfast, they can may have this for... We found that that was the best way to do it. And one of the things that we get a lot of feedback on is the families say, we can use every single food in that in that box because yeah. it's not like, you know, Crisco's or something like that where you get all these little jars of... Weird stuff. Yes, <laughs> that you would never use. And for us, it was always... You know, important that people were going to enjoy it. It was out of people's palates, you know, as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And that, that was a journey, eh, to get the box to that point. Like I know that um, over the years, the contents have changed and and all of that to get to a point where you feel really comfortable with what's in there. Yeah, well, we actually did it years ago. The, when we um, branded Christmas box, we did breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then I went off and did my other stuff and. Um, and uh, the person then in char- doing my role, they decided they'd make it treats. But um, I went to a white ribbon meeting with the police and stuff. And the senior sergeant said to me, oh, oh my gosh, I gave a Christmas box to a family. They hadn't had any meals. Their kids were so hungry. And all I could think of is, oh, they got a box of treats. Mm. And I remember the project manager then coming going back to work after that meeting and saying, nah, we're going back to the breakfast, lunch and dinner concept. And the feedback for the first two years, people were just so glad because mm. people were hungry. Yeah. It actually lasts a week, sometimes two weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. So talk us through how it works. Like you have a whole lot of partners up front as far as the contents goes and then you have partners as far as the distribution goes eh? so the first yeah the first few months all we do is just go around to our current major sponsors so we you know we have people like sanitarium and nestle and a company called ab foods they have been our faithfuls um mm. we have a, a freight company that's called uh siva uh, we've also have stuff last year and this year they've done a huge um uh, we had uh, Goodman Property and Auckland International Airport have come in because we don't have a warehouse, so we've got to mm. get that sponsored. And Life, our church, because uh, um, the trust sits under Life. Life is the umbrella trust, and they fund it. Um, they allow, they pay the overhead so that every donation that goes through goes directly into the box. So. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And is that a lot of work, getting those partners, keeping those partners? This, the, the work is probably the... Sponsors mm. and the main funders is where the workers. You, you, you're really trying to make sure for that. But the distribution for organisations, all I can say is I wish I was that popular in my social life. You know, <laughs> like they, they're whining and dining you. You know, <laughs> with the sponsors, um, what's some of the kind of feedback that you get from them? Well, because a lot of them um, have come to Christmas Box Packing Day, so they really see the big picture. Mm. Um, they just think it's such an easy solution for them because it's only once a year. It's not a. It's very low maintenance. We're very mm. low maintenance in that respect. But yeah, I think for them, they love things. The fact that Christmas Box is actually an empowering tool that it then allows parents to go and spend some of that money on kids' Christmas gifts, you know? Mm. 
And that, that really makes a difference. And so I remember um, one of the CEOs, when we were talking about it this year, really was quite impacted that we started calling it a tool to empower parents. Mm. That's really awesome, though. Mm. So then moving on to, oh, let's do packing day next. So this year, how many Christmas boxes in total and how many countries? 30,000. We've got 7,000 in three states in Australia, Melbourne, Adelaide and Brisbane. So mm. Adelaide and Brisbane are our new ones. One in um, the Cook Islands. We're doing 1,000 in the Cook Islands. And uh, 22,000 all across New Zealand. We're up at Kaikoe, which is covers Kaikoe right up to Kairaia. Whangarei, Auckland, Lionshire, Hamilton, Tauranga, Wellington, Christchurch and Dunedin. Amazing, amazing. And so yeah. you coordinate the, the packing of the boxes and all of those? Yeah, so I, um, we have a project manager, project and logistics manager, mm. and he does all of that. My role is just to make sure partners, that we, we, all I do is negotiate money from partners and negotiate money from contributions from all sorts of different sides yeah 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 and so Auckland has a big packing day eh, where you get a whole whole bunch of volunteers yeah it's a spectacle it's such a cool day people we have people that have got nothing to do with life or nothing to do with Christmas box that come that then make it their annual thing yeah. and they bring friends they're just like you can't there's nothing like this happening and we have yeah. about 700 so this year we've just had to cut off the the registrations, because we've got 850 registered for the Saturday. Volunteers. And um, you've got to allow for some to no-shows, but that's just huge. So you average yeah. is 700 every on that Saturday. And how many boxes do you pack in one morning? So for Auckland, it's 12,500 boxes. So we would pack on the Saturday about 9,000. 9, yeah. And all done by like 11, eh? 11 o'clock, where we're it's, sitting it's and eating our homemade burgers. Yeah. It's so awesome. It and so then from there is the big job of then distributing those out to yeah. all of the families. How does that work? So on packing day, we have just hordes of just organisations coming to get their allocations of boxes. And then the reason why we do it so early, so it's on the 7th of December, is it gives the organisations two weeks to distribute it out to their families. Yeah, yeah. It's like a drive-through, eh? Yeah. They kind of just drive up, everything's so, it's like a well-oiled machine. Oh, gosh. They yes. don't even have to get out of their cars, do they? No, they're no. not allowed to, health and safety. Yeah. They just yeah. get loaded up and then they drive off again. It's Yeah, it's good old health and safety. Can't get those strong island boys to get out of the car. <laughs> Last year we had an organisation <laughs> and had six island boys in the car and it was like a mini. <laughs> we had to lo load another 100 nah, kilos nah, worth of nah, food yeah. in there. We just kicked them out actually. We just said the driver only, bring your yeah. and the rest. You let us walk home. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty much like, if they're listening, they know who they are. And then so how do you monitor... Like, how do you know that some people aren't just picking up boxes and then taking it home for their families? So, yeah, so we, we get an accountability document and so we just, so then, and that it's like, um, you know, that these are going to medium to high need families, these, you know, so they're doing that on behalf of organisations. So it, once we hear it, that's why we start, you know, I suppose it's just about us pursuing it. We haven't heard it. But we did start doing it because we did hear the odd, the odd story. So yeah, yeah. So you said you have four hundred a eh, distribution partners. Is that just in Auckland? Uh, no. Uh, so in Auckland, we have just over two hundred. Yeah. What's an example? Like, what are the kinds of organisations that do that? Oh, well, police. We, yeah. So we definitely have the police. We have a lot of schools. We have, you know, the big ones like Anglican Trust, Women, Children, Shine. 
um, you know, Presbyterian support, which is Shine Sits Under. We got Sally's, some of the Sally's. Mm. Um, yeah, Bernardo's. We have all, a lot of the Marais, you know. So, no, there's, there's a whole heap of different organisations doing all sorts of spaces, elderly, young families. Yeah, yeah. That whole grandparents uh, raising grandchildren is really mm. starting to get highlight. We have grandparents that it just helps them because sometimes their kids are off for a couple of weeks and just dump their children, you know, the grandchildren yeah. on them. So It's heartbreaking, eh? Mm. Um, I remember, so I started going to life back in 2003 and I remember we were doing Christmas box all the way back then, but what we used to do is just donate food. Mm. We would donate cans and packing day was in this like little area where we would wrap banana boxes with Christmas wrapping paper and just chuck a bunch of food inside oh, no. and, and distribute them out and we might do, I don't know, maybe 200 or yeah. something. It's pretty amazing oh to see gosh. how it is what it is today. Um, and I think... Congratulations to you, Lily. Like, uh, I mean, when you talk through it all, it is an incredible project. There's so much in it. Um, yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, I mean, when you when you you know when you start something like that, because I mean, I I didn't originally start that. I hopped on about 2005. It's you know like Mana was saying, you, it starts. You're excited that it's 200. You know, not having any idea it's going to be like thirty thousand. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's only if there's a need, you know. So there are a lot of things that we've also done as a trust that we've put to bed. Yeah. Do you know? But we have just seen time and time again, it's got worse. Mm. It's not got better, especially in Auckland, it's got worse. Yeah. yeah. So um, before we go, if anyone wants to get involved in Christmas Box, either as a sponsor, as a volunteer, as a distributor, or as a whānau saying, mm. I need some kai, what do they do? Christmasbox.co.nz. Just go there, and you can, you know, you can register your interest. And yeah, if we can help you, we will. If you're, if you're a recipient, but most of the time, we we, we just ask if you're working with an organisation because a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And we're going to distribute a few through Nahiri Communities yes, as well. Yes, so if are. there is anyone that's. Um, that needs something, just come let us know. But thanks so much, Lil, for coming coming oh, on thank you. today. Um, so proud of you and what you're doing. Good on you. Mm. Um, and yeah, have a Merry Christmas. Ah, Merry Christmas. See you later. Thanks so much for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear back from you. So why don't you connect with us? Look for us, Ngahere Communities, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on Ngahere Talks. Kia pai tora.